0: Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Hey there, how's your pandemic going? It's been a little bit. Um, I'm over here trying to learn how to use my recording equipment again, and I moved and I lost some parts, I don't have my pop filter, so if I'm popping my peas, sorry about that. Well, I appreciate all the subtle and not-so-subtle nudges to get some more podcasts rolling. Uh, You know, I fully expected back when the world went to hell a year ago that I would have a ton of time on my hands to keep regular podcasts happening, and it turns out that there was no shortage of people needing support during this time, and I was really busy. And you know, I've been struck by the disparity of experiences of people over the past year with the pandemic. And some are thriving, some are drowning, some haven't seen much of a change. Um, There's definitely a skew towards folks who were already in a privileged place like myself before the pandemic hit, doing better than those who were already in a less advantageous position. So I urge you all to help where you can if you find yourself in a position to do so. So lately I've been working with a lot of folks who can't seem to shut off unwanted thoughts. They distract them during the day, they keep them up at night. So I wanted to talk about a simple little mind trick you can do if you're experiencing intrusive thoughts. The first step is to build a box in your mind. So you'll need to spend some time with this. Get as specific as you can. It's a good thing to play with when you're falling asleep. So this box, what's it made out of? Is it wood, metal? plastic? Some kind of magical material that only you know about? What color is it? If you ran your hand along it, what would it feel like? Is it smooth or rough? Is it warm or cold? Are there joints or segments in it? Can you see how it's constructed? Or is it seamless and smooth? Does it have any hardware on it? Handles, latches, locks? What about the inside? Is that the same or different? Is it lined in any way? Spend some time really getting this clear. Most likely it will move through several forms before it settles into something that feels really solid. So let it take as long as it takes. I'd suggest spending several days with this until it really gels for you. Okay, so after you've done that, try placing some of those thoughts in there when you don't want them bothering you. Spoiler alert. They will jump back out at you, especially in the beginning. Don't let that stop you. Have you ever crate trained a puppy? So while we're on the subject of puppies, can you hear my puppy panting in the background? I can hear him. I don't know if you can hear him. He's almost eight months old and he's over 90 pounds. He's a golden retriever, Newfoundland mix, and I love him. And oh my God, is he a lot of dog. Anyway, and if we ever start meeting in person again, maybe you get to meet him because he'll be coming to the office with me. Anyway, back to the tra- crate training. So they hate that thing at first. They whine and they bark, they chew on it, they pee in it. My dog, Finley is his name. He gets himself so worked up that he froths at the mouth like to an insane level. So when you come back home, I, I don't want to get into it. It's just, just trust me. It's pretty nasty. But if you're consistent with it, which we have not been, the dog gets used to it, and eventually they go in there on their own when they just want to chill out. So, one more little side note. Raising a puppy in a pandemic can lead to separation anxiety issues. I'm just saying. For both you and the dog. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. I'm not saying that your intrusive thoughts will run into the box that you made for them of their own volition, although that would be really fucking great. It would be overly optimistic. But over time, you will get better at keeping them in there. So, you may be wondering how you put something intangible like a thought into something solid like a box. Never mind that the box isn't actually real, so this is where the benefit of playing in your own mind comes in. Spend some time with that intrusive thought. Most of us have our favorites. It might be fear-based, it might be sad, it might be a traumatic memory, or something that you're afraid will happen that never has happened. Pick one that you know well, and imagine it solidifying into a shape that you could hold in your hand. See what color it is. See how it feels when you touch it. Some of these troubling thoughts may be so familiar that they feel like an old friend. Strange, but true. So once you have the feel of the thought, put it in the box and close the lid. It's important that the intention here is not to never have that thought again. As much as I would love to gift you with an exercise that would make that thing disappear forever, it's unlikely that this will happen. More on that later. So the intention here is to give yourself a break, a little respite from that thought. Think of it like daycare for shitty feelings. You can even promise it that you'll be back for it later if you want, or not. Maybe you'll leave it in there for an hour, maybe for a day, maybe longer. There's no limit to the number of thoughts you can pile in there, so don't be shy about using that thing as much as you want. One of my clients recently, after I gave them this exercise, came back to the next session and said, I found out that I needed two boxes. Because I wanted to blow that thing the fuck up once I packed it with shit. So, you know, whatever works for you. Make it your own. I hope that you find this helpful. Remember that it will take some practice. Let me know how it goes. So on a somewhat related note, and perhaps at the risk of repeating myself, I want to talk about realistic expectations and goals when you engage in therapy for something that's troubling you. And I also want to say that I suck at any kind of detailed log of what's in my past podcasts, so... I'll likely be repeating myself at times. Feel free to skip ahead if you're binging episodes and you get annoyed. Although it might be entertaining to hang in there to see how often I contradict myself. So, you know, whatever. Make it a drinking game if you want. Anyway, back to the expectations in therapy. So I'm not talking about the expectations of feeling better or not. You should definitely have the expectation that therapy will help you feel better. It's why you're coming in. I'm more referring to how that comes about. Often people will come in with traumatic memories, self-deprecating thoughts, things like that, and they want them to go away. Totally understandable. It's hard to hear that it's unlikely that they will actually go away, but that's exactly what I tend to say. I really have no idea what other therapists say about this. I hope that they don't set up a goal of eradicating those things for their client, because that's just a setup for failure. We all have shit in our heads that we wish we could pull out of there and be rid of. Do you remember that? pensive thing in Harry Potter that big cauldron that Dumbledore used to pull cobweb looking shit out of his head and deposit in there my take on that was that he then no longer held those memories that would be fucking great it might put me out of work but it would be worth it to eradicate the suffering of all those painful memories but the next inevitable question I suppose if you want to get existential with me is without those parts of us would we still be us Those of you with really low self-esteem are saying, I fucking hope not. But even the really painful stuff is still part of us. We can't get rid of it, no matter how much we really want to. But before you crumple into a little ball of despair, there is hope here. The goal, as I see it with these things, is not to get rid of it, but to help you gain more mastery over them. To put it in its proper place so it becomes less of a massive ogre that's constantly threatening to end your life, and more like an annoying rash that flares up once in a while. The danger with setting a goal around getting rid of these thoughts completely is that when those thoughts inevitably come back up, you're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like you failed therapy or your therapist sucks or you suck. Probably all of those things. And this can give even more power to those thoughts. So instead see those thoughts arising as an opportunity to put them in perspective. This has obvious varying levels of intensity and difficulty, depending on what you're working with. If it's a nebulous feeling of not being good enough or not being worthy of love, then as intense and troubling as those thoughts can be, they can sometimes feel more approachable than a violent traumatic memory. But I do believe they can all be tamed to some extent. So the goal is to make progress. It's to feel better, to feel stronger, to be more in control, It's not about never having those thoughts. You know, we love to move the goalpost. I don't know if this is like an American thing or if this is just like a cross-cultural thing, but it seems like the closer we get to our concept of feeling better, the more likely we are to disregard the progress that we've made. And then we start setting different goals. This is why it's crucial to get a really clear sense of where you're at now and where you want to be and then recognize and celebrate when you reach that first goal. It doesn't mean you stop there. It doesn't mean that you don't set other goals. It's just super important to know when you get to the original place that you wanted to be. This is where the therapist as a cheerleader comes in. I always wanted to be a cheerleader, but that's an entirely different story. Anyway, I'm well aware that I am often the only person in my client's life that is in a position to really root for them and be ecstatically proud and happy for them when they reach a goal. Sometimes it's because I'm the only one in the world who knows about the thing that they actually need to be praised around. Sometimes it's because there just isn't anyone else in their life who gives a shit. Either way, I try to show up for them and to remind them when necessary of the progress they've made, especially when they're struggling to see that for themselves. It's actually one of the favorite parts of my job. Okay, well, that was short and sweet. I was going to talk about social anxiety and the pandemic and how you're supposed to work on social anxiety when you can't socialize. And I think I still might talk about that at some point, but not today. Anyway, I hope you're doing okay out there. If you'd like to see me for therapy and you live in Colorado, or if you'd like to see me for life coaching and you live anywhere else, or if you have something you'd like to have me ramble about on the podcast, just get in touch. You can call me or text me at 970-903-3893. You can email me at Rowan at com or Rowan at TherapyForHumansPodcast.com. I will try to be better about getting some more podcasts up to you. I can tell you that I get a lot more motivated when I get shit from people that they want me to talk about when it's all just up to me, you know, self-motivation. It's not my strong suit. Maybe I'll talk about that on our next podcast. <laughs> anyway, until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.